It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. You can text us via the Garage Door Guru text line. At 704-570-9610. I think we have a leader in the clubhouse when it comes to the nasty milkshake concoction from Cookout. Wolfpack James writing in. Something where we all started to kind of put ingredients together. And now it was just trying to complete the puzzle. Orange push-up, mint, and coffee. Mm. (laughs) That sounds pretty bad. It does not sound good to me. The good news is, as Moose wrote in, I believe, yesterday... You can go with a four-flavor combo for the price of just one milkshake. And so we could even add something else in. I am of the theory I that, thought it was five. Well, I mean, Wes, if you keep if we keep bringing it on up there, <laughs> I, I'd even pay extra to make this thing even crazier if you wanted to. If you wanted to go six flavors and you had to pay the price oh. of two milkshakes, okay. Like, I, I am of the belief, too, that it would be funny to hear Fitty throw up on air. I think that would be funny. Why? And I'm striving for that goal. Or at least in pain, because, I don't know, this is, we need you, it is called a punishment for a reason. You're not supposed to enjoy this milkshake. This is what we agreed to as far as a punishment. And you even tried to bring in flounder after the fact of us saying, okay, it's just going to be us three that either gets to enjoy the prize or have to endure the punishment. You brought in flounder. He almost gave you an out. Because if Duke loses that game to Miami then I'm sure you would have done the same thing. You would have been excited to give that guy a nasty milkshake. But now it's you, and you have to eat five, six flavors. We're about to figure it out. Somebody wrote in peanut butter. Maybe you put that in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that doesn't sound great. Yeah, TFB, his his sole mission in life is to say that the milkshake has to be melted, too. I'm not going to do that to you. Yeah, we're not going to. I mean, because you would throw up immediately, and then you'd have to leave the show. I want it to be a delayed throw-up feeling for you. So, like, midway through the show, I think that's why I want it to happen. Midway, sweating, and, like, <laughs> he feels it coming. <laughs> and we, you're not allowed to. There's, there's some HR stuff involved here if we don't let you leave the, uh, the leave the studio. A coward says, why not just throw some chili and some hot sauce in there? Oh, <laughs> you are going to kill me. If, if, if they offer it. If it's a milkshake flavor, so be it. We have we, we have to choose from all of the ingredients that are included in the uh, milkshake uh, on the milkshake menu. Hurricane Hugo saying, guys, you know, there's no bad combo of milkshake. You can get a cookout. I mean, he said, come on, juveniles, I guess. I don't know if he's really mad at us. I don't know. Sounds like a little bit. But we're going to figure it out if there is one. 704-570-9610. Before we move on and talk about the Panthers, I do want to tell you about Charlotte FC, Major League Soccer. It's now in season. And the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open three hours before every home match. So stop by, get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. Join us for the pregame, the postgame parties, too, at the Jack Daniels Doghouse. House coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, even powered by the Garage Door Guru text line. Only from Sports Radio 927 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. Wes, I'll ask you a simple question. Do you think Bradley Bozeman bringing him back as the starting center for this team on an $18 million three year deal will be the best move outside of number one overall selection at QB? When this offseason is all said and done with. Hmm. Will be. I say no. As it stands, yes. Because I talked about earlier the continuity on the offensive line. You only had two different lineups last year. So I think that that's uh, tremendous 
for them to have after having 13 and 17 games in 2021. And, you know, the Panthers' offensive line improved a lot. And it starts with the center. And then you talk about Icky's development. So I think to this point, yes, but I still think the Panthers may make a move. Like I said, those running backs that we talked about, I think could be a possibility for the Panthers, especially, in my opinion, that's the best weapons that are left on the market right now that you could get because the receiver class is underwhelming. The tight end class is decent. But you have a couple of backs that are sitting out there that are difference makers, and we know that you need a running game to help a young quarterback and to help him to be able to read the defenses easier in that first season. And there are a couple of guys out there, a few guys out there, that could help him do that. So you said running backs that are out there that we've talked about. Which ones are you referring to? Are we talking about maybe, possibly, your favorite player in the NFL and Derrick Henry? Is that somebody that you would like to go trade for? Is that the one you're alluding to? If I was a Panthers fan, yes. I would love to have Derrick Henry. We know what he does. People keep waiting on uh, the wear and tear, so to speak, and I'm doing air quotes. A lot of people are waiting on that to catch up to him, but he just strikes me as a guy that's an outlier. That's not going to happen to that he's going to continue uh to be that guy he's led the nfl in rushing from 2017 to 2021 over 6300 yards 60 rushing touchdowns uh he had a 2000 yard season thrown in there so you're just talking about one of the dominant football players right now uh of this era and i don't see the the wear and tear and him falling off a cliff like a lot of people think is going to happen he does a lot of the punishing and so I think that he could be uh, a nice addition for this team if they should choose to get him or Dalvin Cook. Or if you want to go with that uh, three down back in Austin Eckler, he could be a good addition as well. Um, we have two people wrote, that wrote in. Denver Derg said, please stop eating my in my ear. And Sam by the Lake said, does Wes have a milkshake right now as we speak? They can hear. What are you eating on right now? <laughs> I was eating my protein bar. <laughs> are you, are, this is kind of a workout. You're standing up. You're not relaxing and doing the show. You're standing up. You're fidgeting. You're eating the protein bar. So you're good to go. Like, are you itching to get back out there in the gym as, as it currently stands? Yeah, I may go today. I was thinking about that. Okay. Go ahead and start my clock early this week. 100%. Yeah. So we're working out. We Sorry can all, about that, guys. No, no, we're good. We can all do workouts on the show. That's fine. <laughs> It'll be better. We could absolutely do that. Um, yeah, I think with the running back situation. We know how you feel. All right, we'll just move on. If everybody knows how <laughs> No, I you feel, can go ahead and good. reiterate. Go no. ahead and reiterate your hatred for running back. <laughs> no, I, I hate them. I have a emotional atta- attachment to DJ Moore, and mm-hmm. I have a personal vendetta against running backs. No, it just doesn't make sense to me if you trade Christian McCaffrey and then you go out and then give up assets to go get a guy that also has a big old contract like Derrick Henry, who can't pass catch nearly as well, but certainly is the best runner in the NFL along with some other guys. But I just don't know why you would pay that contract. And plus, you have to trade for him, right? Like, why would you trade Christian McCaffrey give, you know, to collect some assets and then trade assets in order to get a Derrick Henry at still a pretty high dollar contract? I just don't know if that makes sense. I mean, 2023 at, at 10.5 base salary, I think that's a good deal. I mean, uh, he may be, I don't know what it is beyond that because he's an unrestricted free agent in 2024. But 10.5, I mean, I, I don't think that's a uh, bad deal at all for a guy that's that dominant. But but you get what I'm saying, though. Like, you, you just I, got I see what you said to an extent, but circumstances kind of – that Christian McCaffrey deal depends on what you have to give up as well, because I don't think you would have to give up as much 
for Derrick Henry as maybe you did, uh, maybe the 49ers had to for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, that remains to be seen. But uh, but I said you also have Dalvin Cook and you have Austin Eckler out there too. So if Henry is a little bit too high priced as far as what you have to give up. But I don't see Henry being that big of a haul that the Titans are going to want. So, you know, look, I, I don't think, especially after you gave up all those assets to move up to number one overall, that you're in a position to give up more draft picks, even if it is for somebody like Derrick Henry. The attractive part about this contract is the fact that it does void after this season. The problem is it carries a cap number of 16.3. So really a 16.4 when you round up, that's the cap hit you're enduring in 2023. And this is a team that's done as much as they can restructuring deals left and right to try to save as much money under the cap, especially now that you have to pay for wide receivers, Odell Beckham Jr., Adam Thielen, who knows who are going to go out there on the wide receiver market. And I feel very uncomfortable about having Terrace Marshall as my number one wide receiver at as it stands right now. I just don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. And even as much as I love Austin Eckler, I think that guy's awesome. I'm not, it, it, it seems like he's asking for a trade. You talking about the running back that haven't run for a thousand yards yet? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about okay. the guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about the guy that has over that had 100 you, you five yard going. catches. You keep going. You keep going. 100 five yard catches. All right, go ahead. You got it. So I'm, I'm saying I like the guy in Austin Eckler that led the league in touchdowns the last two seasons and also has over 1,500 yards, which finished in the top 10 each of the last two years. Yeah. Duh. Has he run for 1,000 yards yet, though? No. Okay. Isn't that a running back's job? <laughs> That's like saying Lamar Jackson's not a great quarterback because he doesn't throw for 4,000. He's not. Well, okay, but oh. you and I agree that he's great. Like, Austin Eckler is a, is a great weapon. I mean, it's that's like saying Lamar Jackson's not a great quarterback because he's not throwing out here for a million touchdowns and a million yards. But isn't that a quarterback's job? I mean, he's straight. He's a he's a decent back. I'm just tell, well, like that was your argument though, right? Like so, an Austin Eckler who has over 900 yards, his yards per carry is 4.6 for his career. Because he wants a new deal though, too. That that and that's what I was going to get to. You got yeah. mad at me when I was talking about <laughs> Eckler, so you wouldn't let me no, finish. No, I just threw a couple of facts in there just to you know for the people that may not be. Yeah, the, initiated. the facts are that he hasn't run for a thousand, but mm -hmm. on 200 attempts the last two seasons, like 205 almost exactly for Austin Eckler in the last two years, but he does average a pretty healthy yards per carry, 4.6 for his career, over 1,500 yards. I mean, the, the touchdown, I mean, he's been an absolute monster as far as getting touchdowns goes the last two seasons. No, it doesn't matter if you're throwing it to him, doesn't matter if you're giving it to him on the one, two, five yard line. That's how good he is. But you're right. What I was going to get to is even if I love an Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler is asking for a trade because he wants more money. Mm -hmm. And at 28 years old, that doesn't make much sense to me either. If mm -hmm. you're trading Christian McCaffrey and then you are actually pursuing a possible trade for Derrick Henry or Austin Eckler that's going to come at a top five running back price. And I don't know how much Eckler would come at, but even at a top 10, I'm just not doing that. And so that's the reason. Look, Derrick Henry's a beast. I'm not going to deny that. I mean, th the argument between us is not that I think Derrick Henry is out here being an awful football player by any stretch. I just don't want to give up the assets and pay the contract. Like, there's two things at play here when you talk about acquiring your favorite player in the league. So you're saying that you don't want any of these. What about Dalvin Cook? How do you feel about Dalvin? He makes the most out of all of them, though. Well, yeah, that's so right. Like, I don't. I'm not because you're going to need anyone. something on this. Offense. So bring Deontay Foreman is the one that makes sense to me. And then drafting a running back too as some kind of weapon in the pass game, because we've talked about the importance of having a weapon in the pass game. Now you don't have one anywhere. <laughs> so 
You don't have one right now outside of your belief in Terrace Marshall, which even with me, somebody that likes Terrace Marshall, but I'm not comfortable with him being the number one guy. But I think if you go get one of these backs that are home run hitters, that's what I'm talking about, the cook or... Now, Dalvin Cook, the thing with him is he does get banged up pretty often. Absolutely. Um, and, and Derek's had a little bit of that. Now, I guess this past year, I think he played a lot of yeah, games. Yeah, I so. mean, if you get Henry or if you get Cook, I just feel like that helps the offense in a couple of ways when you have a young guy because if you don't have that weapon, uh, that weaponry that you want, for one, it's going to help them get open um, with more ease because teams are going to be focused on the run attack. And it's going to help define that defense a little bit better for that young quarterback because I don't feel like you have to sign these guys to long contracts. But if you bring in a Derrick Henry and maybe you extend him for two years, two or three years or something like that, or the same with Diamond Cook, at least you have something on offense that people have to account for and worry about. I, I do like Deontay Foreman a lot, but I don't see teams coming into games being fearful of what he can do to them, whereas you have a guy in Derrick Henry that's liable to run for 200 yards uh, in a given game, bust 50, 60-yard runs uh, at the drop of a dime, and the same thing with Dalvin Cook. So you have some type of home run threat on offense that will make uh, the defense a little bit easier to digest for your young rookie quarterback. Look, it sounds simplistic, and I get it, but to me, it's a really simple problem. You do not have wide receivers that you feel comfortable with right now. Well, that's so, what I'm saying. And I'm saying it from the space of you're going to get a couple of maybe bargain guys because even if you hit free agency, you're not going to get – somebody that people are afraid of. And even in the draft, you heard Mike Golick say there's no real, especially if you draft the second round and down, there's nobody there that you're going to get that's going to automatically dictate defenses. But, but those running backs are going to dictate defenses for you. But but also, if we do the whole value thing, yes, Derrick Henry is a top running back in the game, no doubt about it. But Deontay Foreman was really effective when running the football last year. And so, if they're not, here's the thing too, they're going to stack the box against a rookie quarterback, especially if they're not worried about wide receivers out there getting separation. And we know the running back that dominates even stacked boxes, that is Derrick Henry. I mean... People stack the boxes on the Titans. He still gets 200. If Well, you act like he's getting 200 every single game. I like mean, the, come on. Come on now. Let's look. I, I just gave you the numbers, 6,000 yards over the last four seasons. You don't think teams coming to games saying we're going to stop Derrick Henry first? Still can't stop the man. And that's what I'm saying. You need something that's going to dictate the defense for your young quarterback until he feels comfortable enough. So that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's a must that they should do it, but yet Deontay Foreman, nobody's going to respect him yet until he, unless he really just comes out and has a ridiculous season, nobody's going to respect that. Like they're going to be like, man, whatever, prove it. But when you got Henry back there, they're going to be like, all right, we got to be ready for this. That causes them to make some mistakes, open up some windows for your rookie quarterback. He can hit some of those throws. Yeah, I mean, to to who right now is the question. But, yes, I mean, I guess that would help. At the same time, I don't want to give over $10 million to somebody like Derrick Henry right now. When you, I mean, it's not even just the wide receiver position, too. But we'll see exactly what happens as this offseason goes on. It's Weston Walker. Thought, just food to chew on. Yeah, I'm, I'm spitting it out, though, like yeah, that milkshake we're going to feed. running for. back. So. I, I, do, I, li- I try to like Eckler, but you won't let me. Like, that's the thing. I'm trying trying to but you keep talking you more second coming to jerry rice but you don't like running back that's it wes lives in a world where <laughs> if you give somebody a little bit of praise they're the second coming no, you the give greatest. dj Moore a lot of praise yeah i think dj Moore is a good re- receiver i know yeah like the offense is just gonna go i would rather have derrick henry dalvin cook over dj Moore. i just put with that this, out there with this specific team Yes. No. I'll take those two. I think those two are more frightening for defenses than DJ Moore. And, and Deontay Foreman? 
Like, cause yeah. I, uh, yeah, no, I mean, you just don't Dad, have anybody Dad Henry's to talk a Hall to. of Famer. Yeah, he's but, a Hall of Fame back. That that's true. DJ Moore is not a Hall of Famer, and and, and he scores more than four touchdowns neither. a year. Yeah, neither is Deontay Foreman. Yeah, and you know where Derrick Henry like was drafted in the second round? Because you can get running backs of a Hall okay. of Fame caliber in the second round. Well, so we that's can what make I'd that like argument for a lot of Hall of Famers. But Derrick Henry but especially is a running back, one of though. the true home run threats in the league and one but, of the true dominant offensive players in this league. But especially, There's no denying that. But and Nor have I tried. But especially a running back, you can find that value a lot more. Like you can find Derrick Henry. Yeah, well, you can in the second round. You did. No, you can't. Tennessee did. No, you can't. How many running backs in the second round ran for two racks? Uh, Derrick Henry. There's one. 704-570-9610. You can text in the Garage Door Guru text line. We're going to talk a little bit more about the NCAA tournament. The bracket fill-out session continues. Let's the go. Weston Walker Challenge. Next, it's Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. 704-980. Let's go. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, that's that, what I'm talking about. That music video is art. It's one of the most underrated rap albums of all time, too. The Coming, in my opinion, is a classic. I bought it from Camelot Music here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I am official Queen City. I bought that album, The Tape, at Camelot Music. Um, Busta Rhymes, the longevity on Busta, different stages of his career. When he's first getting started with Tribe Called Quest. Yes. And then he starts to do some stuff like Wuha. And then you start to even whoa, whoa, get. Now, we can't. Got to go back. Not discrediting you, but the leaders of the new school. Well, there's yeah. so many, but there's so many different spots for him. Like yeah. I'm, I'm taking bigger gaps here than you are. But then, like he gets in mainstream a little bit, where he's even going into like some club music. And then there's a million different stops along the journey of one Busta Rhymes, where he even still is doing like he, he'll do the mainstream stuff, he'll do the club stuff, he'll do the chopping. He'll do the old vibey jazz influence. Yeah. Like it does not matter what you talk about. And with people Busta. slept on it. his album from a couple years ago, man. That ELE two was fire. It took forever for it to come out. I don't know if you ever saw the video online when he was signing um, the copies of him. He was crying because it had been so long since he had put an album out, and he was just crying because he was so excited. And the album was fire. So if you haven't heard it? Go listen to that ELE two man. It was do, great. No, Busta is a man of the people. Like if you yeah. see him, he is a big time mentor to rappers. People will look to him for stuff. Like it's pretty, it's heartwarming stuff when you talk about Busta and then giving some of the advice to the younger rappers. And Fiddy can give me the stank face all day, but but Busta is that dude, man, no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah, lyrically a monster, the Dungeon Dragon. All right, rah, so. rah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go, folks. If you haven't already, go on ESPN. If you don't have an account, register one. Jump in the Wesson Walker Tournament Challenge on ESPN. It's free, okay? But we may throw out some prizes to the winner because we know how hard it is picking this stuff. We did our bracket pick yesterday where we went through the South. And now today, we will go through the Midwest region we're going to go four at a time. I will start things off today. 
So, my first four picks, Houston, Northern Kentucky. There will be no Virginia-type action here. 16 beating a one, so I'm going with the Cougars. Iowa-Auburn, it's hard to pick these eight, nine games. These teams are usually so equally matched, but I'm going to go with Bruce Pearl and the crew to beat Iowa. Uh, so I picked Auburn and I guess a semi-upset. Miami in that tricky 5-12, but I'm going to go with the Canes. Coach L, my guy. And then Indiana and Kent State. I'm going to go with the Hoogers. I've seen them play a few times this year, and I like them as well. So I'm going to go Houston as well. No doubt about Houston. Iowa-Auburn analysis. My analysis is I'll never trust Fran McCaffrey ever again. I hopped <laughs> on the bandwagon last season with all of their crazy offense. They're still a really good offensive team. And then they get bounced in the first round. I believe I had Iowa at least Elite Eight. I thought maybe I had them in the Final Four. And they were a trendy five-seed pick. But I'm not doing this with Fran McCaffrey. I'm going to believe in Auburn more so. Miami Drake is tricky, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, people love themselves some Drake because they have the ability to shoot the three, because they have the conference player of the year on their squad, and because they're an old basketball team. So I'm going to go with the Canes, even with Ormir kind of being banged up. Do we know for sure what his status is for this game? or do we... uh, They haven't revealed it yet. Right. I just know he had a pretty nasty ankle injury. I mean, that's tough. I'm going to go with the Canes. Call it ACC bias. That's fine. I just think still having that kind of offensive firepower despite some of the defensive problems i'm still going to go with miami to move on but i'll go with the upset in the next one. Oh, give me kent state people love indiana i get it i've watched them too trace jackson davis is good but they rely heavily on their top two guys and i think kent state is a little bit more balanced on their offensive scoring i know they have a player as well averaging about 17 points per game but if you talk about their defensive efficiency they don't turn the ball over all that much Give me Kent State. I'm going to have the upset. There's always one that nobody talks about that's surprising. Give me Kent State over Indiana. That's the one I'm going to go with. My bracket is identical to Wes's. I've got Houston advancing in the 116. I've got Auburn just because Bruce Pearl will find a way to cheat his way to another win in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> Uh, I've got Miami over Drake. If you could tell me today that Norchad O'Meara was 100% healthy, I think I'd have Miami probably in the Elite Eight, maybe even in the Final Four because of that quartet of guards in their backcourt. Then I've got Indiana. They've got legitimate Final Four potential. Like, if, if they make it to Houston, I'm not going to be sitting here surprised. They did They did finish the season, though, 5-5, five and five, so they'd win one, lose one. Well, they didn't win the Big Ten. They, they, they did not win the Big Ten tournament, which means they're poised to win their next time out. Uh, really quickly, just the, the road uh, record for Indiana is not very good. So playing outside of Assembly Hall is not fantastic, at least here recently. And for me, I just think, especially with Kent State's ability to hang with Gonzaga. What are the other ones? They hung with Houston. They only lost by five. They only lost by seven to Gonzaga. Lost by two to Charleston. So they're hanging with these teams. They're going to pull it off. Give me Kent State. All right. It. So for the next four, I'm going to go with. Let me go back into my bracket here. <laughs> All right. You want me to take it? I was trying to hook up the people, man. Put the link out there so they can see it. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Houston to topple Auburn. Then I'm going to go with the Canes. No ACC bias there, but I like what the Canes bring to the table. So I'm going to go Houston and Miami to advance to the Elite Eight. Then I picked Xavier to beat Iowa State. Uh, then I picked them. And then I got Texas beating Penn State. So to go through that next four, I went Iowa State, Xavier, Penn State, and Texas. And then I have uh, Xavier, Texas, Houston, and Miami. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's all chalky as well. I am going to go Iowa State. 
it's interesting. You could pick either one of those teams from the 11 seed to move on I against did. Iowa State. Yeah, like even just blindly, like not knowing who's going to win Pittsburgh, Mississippi State, or would you change it based off if Pittsburgh loses or not? No, I think if Mississippi State loses or if they beat Pittsburgh, they'll lose to Iowa State because to me they weren't a tournament team, which is why I picked Pittsburgh to so, win the play-in game. And look, a team from the first four has made the second weekend every year but one. I think Pittsburgh best fits the mold to be that team this year. Um, I do have them, though, upsetting Iowa State in the in the first round to advance to the round of 32 where they'll meet Xavier. Who's your boy writing in Walker smoking crack? Look, I got love for Indiana. That's where I was born. I got family that went there. Shout out. But it's exactly why I think I'm going to go with Kent State. I apologize <laughs> to Hoosier boy. Uh, I'm going Iowa State to win that matchup. I'm going Xavier to win against Kennesaw State. Sorry to Drew, a part of our sales staff. Played basketball there. He's the seven-footer people talk about even though he's not quite there. We'll still give him that credit. <laughs> Texas A&M, Texas. That matchup will be fun in the round of 32. I have Texas moving on um, to play the Aggies in that round of 32. That'll fig- that'll uh, complete the Midwest um, round of 64 for me. Yeah, the bottom part of my bracket, the only upset I have is the 11 seed Pitt getting past Iowa State. I have Xavier getting past Kennesaw State. I have A&M uh, getting past Penn State because I think Penn State's just going to be gassed. They've played so many big-time games the last three months of the year or the last three weeks of the year. I think they're going to be emotionally drained. I've got Texas beating Colgate. But when you look at the two fifteen potential upset matchups, this is the one that I, I circled and said, if Colgate, the way they play offense, they're the fourth best offensive team in the country. If they get this game up and down, they can run Texas out it, of the gym. Is there a mid-major team that I, I used to be hooked on the narcotic that is Colgate because they make it to the NCAA the tournament toothpaste? and the offense <laughs> is always awesome. Like they're very good offensively. I always choose them and then they usually don't take care of business. They had a big old lead against Arkansas one year, but then it was the Razorbacks moving on in the second half. Colgate's always there. They're always a sexy pick. I just, I usually can't quit them, but this is the year that I went to rehab with my Colgate addiction. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so like I said, the four I have coming out of there, uh, Penn State, I agree with Fitty to an extent. That's why I had them losing to Texas. I feel like they can get past Texas A&M. I'm not a big fan of Buzz Williams, so that was another reason why. Oh, it seems like something personal there, the way you Yeah, said yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan of him personally, so uh, I picked Penn State as well. I think Penn State's high, and I, like I said, not a fan of his. Again, picked Xavier to beat uh, Iowa State. Got my man from Wake there. Um, Lord, I forget his name. This at Xavier. Who's the coach? Beats, beats me. Oh, oh the Xavier coach? Yeah. Oh, Sean, Sean Miller. Sean Miller, though. That's why I was trying to Oh, I'm sorry. Like yeah, yeah. I was thinking about No, I was thinking about another guy. Well, anyway, I picked Xavier. <laughs> so um, that's my pick there. As I said, Miami to upset Indiana. Uh, Houston to move on. Then I have Houston and Miami. Uh, Xavier and Texas. Yeah, so my uh, my uh, Sweet 16 appearances out of this Midwest region, it includes Houston. I love Houston. Uh, the strength of schedule stuff, I mean, I guess it concerns me a little bit, but they've never proven for that to be a problem in tournament play before. Yeah, I've seen them smash a lot of people. Yeah, see. yeah, they're awesome. So give me Houston. Um, I'm going to go Miami. Remember, I have the Kent State upset against Indiana. Miami's scaring me with this Ormir thing, though. I just... I think those guys finish so well inside, and they can also just handle the basketball. Love Isaiah Wong, what they're able to provide. 
I, it might be ACC bias. That's fine. But I'm still going to go with Miami to move on to the Sweet 16. And then uh, Iowa State, I have pulling off the upset against Xavier. And then Texas moves on to the Sweet 16 as well. Eddie, what you got for us in the Sweet 16 Midwest region? All right. So the Sweet 16, I have Houston, Indiana. Give me Houston to advance to the Elite Eight. If, if, if Marcus Sasser is healthy and he was, he was healthy enough to play on Sunday, they just held him out for precautionary reasons. This team can win the national championship. They're the best defensive team in the country. Then at the bottom, I've got Xavier and Texas. And I got the Musketeers advancing to the Elite Eight, the way that they can score the ball on offense. And I think Texas's run through the Big 12, through the Big 12 tournament, you would think that would give them life to go on a run in March Madness. But in recent years, those teams run out of gas. And I think that I think their run does fall in the Elite Eight, setting up a Houston-Xavier matchup with a spot in the Final Four on the line. I agree with Fiddy. Uh, I have Houston as well. Like I said, I've seen them smash a lot of teams. I, I was I was itching to pick Miami. My ACC bias was coming through just a little bit. I felt like Miami, like I said, has a lot of offensive firepower. But like I said, I've seen Houston give it to a lot of teams. So I'm going to go with the Cougars. And then I did pick Xavier for the same reasons Fitty did, not quite as in-depth, but Texas, to me, they always seem to choke before they get to uh, the limelight, so to speak. So I went with Xavier uh, to get in the mix. So Houston, Xavier. Yeah, I've got Houston over Miami. I just think offensively they are going to destroy Miami's defense, and I don't think it's going to happen the opposite, right? I mean, Miami's defense is not good. Houston right. can certainly, you know, do a whole bunch of things on both sides of the ball. Love Jairus Walker, by the way, if you're interested in possible. Hornets prospects, Jairus Walker out of Houston. He's going to be a top 10 pick. So okay. if the Hornets get like a sixth overall selection, Walker could be a guy well, we'd to be consider happy there. About don't that. talk that into existence. I right. don't want to. I know I'm not. And I'm <laughs> talking about it so that karma does not allow that to happen. So we should talk about the Hornets getting the sixth overall pick a whole lot more. Um, I do have Miami moving on to Kent State and then Houston beating Miami. Give me Texas beating Iowa State. And then moving on to the Elite Eight, I've got chalk again as far as the one-two seeds go. I just can't help it. I really like what Texas has been able to prove this year. I actually kind of like them being so hot at the end of the season as well. And so that's my Elite Eight matchup. Houston and Texas, the one-two seeds going at it in the Midwest region. All right. And so uh, we got final four, your final four pick. Final four. I got Houston. I think uh, they've been one of the best teams all season long unless they have some type of catastrophe. Uh, I don't see this team not getting there. I think they get it done. I've got the Cougars. I'm going to go Houston as well. It seems like you're going Houston over there too, Fitty. Yeah, I've got Houston as well because Sean Miller can't win games in the Elite Eight round. That's where he got the Xavier program to the first time. Of course, Arizona as well. And I think Houston wants to be motivated to have a chance to play in the Final Four in their backyard. Well, that that is the mark against Sean Miller because we can remember a couple of times in the Elite Eight, Arizona running into Wisconsin, the Badgers having Sean Miller's number, and then it's the Badgers that move on a couple of different instances. It didn't matter who they had on their roster because he would have some really talented guys over there at Arizona, and now he's doing a good job with Xavier. But there's something about that Sean Miller thing, man. It just, it just doesn't happen for him once you get too deep into the tournament. And so I agree. I have Houston moving on. We've seen Houston do it before. This this team, again, it doesn't matter. Like, Samson just continues to recruit a ton of great talent, and they play as hard as anybody out there. Yeah. I got the Cougs going on to number one. Yeah, I feel like they've been knocking at the door for a while, and I feel like it's time they kick it through this year. So that wraps up our 
Midwest Bracket Selections. Again, you can join the group. I see it already starting to fill up already. The Wesson Walker Men's Tournament Challenge on ESPN. So check it out. Join in and let's see who comes out on top. And next, we will get the second Fitty Flash of the Day. What you got, Big well, we gave away tickets to this matchup in the first segment. Let's talk about the matchup tonight in Spectrum Center. The Hornets hosting the Cavaliers in a weird, not a back-to-back -back because there's a day in between games, but they're playing them in back-to-back -back games. What will you guys be looking for tonight as the Hornets try to snap what's become a three-game losing streak? Two-game losing streak. Two-game losing streak. Yeah, with Kelly Oubre, he is coming back from that back injury, a late scratch in the first matchup against Cleveland. You know, Terry Rozier had eight turnovers in this last matchup, and Steve Clifford continues to talk about how much of a warrior he's been all year. He's been the healthy guy when LaMelo's out, when Gordon Hayward has missed time. Terry Rozier, you've had to rely a lot on him, and he usually has fantastic games against Cleveland. So I wonder if he's going to be able to clean up those turnovers. You run the offense through him and Kelly, where they're chucking up shots. Also, I'm going to see Dennis Smith Jr. be the primary ball handler again. I think Kelly's going to start since he's back, but DSJ, still a guy that I think the Charlotte Hornets should be, bring back because of his play. He's been having some uh, NC State flashbacks recently, too, with some of these dunks, man. He's been getting up high. He feels rising. better. There's yeah. no doubt. When he first came back, you didn't see much of that, but uh, now you've been seeing it. But really, man, just want to see the Hornets just finish out the season strong, competing, like I said, as long as that lottery spot is uh, fulfilled and locked in, man. I mean, you can't really expect much. You're going to get the 12.5% chance. Like, that's what it's going to be, and it's not bad, right? If it comes at the expense, quote-unquote, of a few wins, cool. We'll have the 12.5% uh, shot at number one. All right, when we return on the Wes and Walker Show, we will have Willie P, voice of Charlotte FC, to come in and tell us what is going on over there at the bank. This is the Wesson Walker Show on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is. I am Will Pelagic. Oh, you can say your name when it's the public service announcement, but you can't give your name when you have to fill out a bracket. The man with no name joins us in the Planet Kia Studios here, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We gave you an NCAA tournament bracket to fill out. Willie, there is a space at the top right corner. You can write Willie P. You can write Will Pelagic. You can even write the voice of the Charlotte uh, of Charlotte FC. But You're we need you to, to write the sauce boss here. We need you. The sauce boss is great too. You can write that, but we need, we need you to write something because we have an ACC tournament bracket that mm -hmm. won. But there's a big old question mark where a mm -hmm. name should be, and so you know what was what was supposed to be the purported prize for the top bracket. Well, in all fairness, this is actually true. We did discuss anybody a part of the show, really us three, fitty, you know, drug in flounder. No, as well. I didn't. Wes did. That was Wes. I did what? <laughs> what? Are you working on our bracket challenge more so over there? Is that yeah. what you're doing? I figured you were. 
<laughs> I did what? He said that you were the one that drug Flounder into the the prizes, the punishments, and all of that. If he's gonna, I know you tried to with Shroppy because he keeps hanging his bracket on the wall. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't remember that with Flounder. You just said he brings food in here like three times a week. He's in on this. That's yeah, no, that's yeah. Cap. Yeah. <laughs> no, you said it. I think you did say that. Yeah. I think you did say that. I don't remember that hit. Anyways, well, Willie P is in here, and he had a really good ACC tournament bracket. I thought he was perfect, which would have been incredible. One one game I missed. I missed yeah. Clemson, Virginia semifinal. Oh! I had Clemson. It was Virginia. Yeah, that's the only one. Mm. Everything else he got right. He had Duke beating Miami. I mean, you you got the first however many games, like what, first 10, 12 mm-hmm. games? Mm-hmm. And I got to give you credit. I mean, as you said, there's only a big D on here, but there's big no C. name. I wrote, <laughs> I wrote to Greensboro on a bracket with no name. No, that's that's correct, yes, but the man who, does have a name. Who sang that song, Fitty? Oh, I don't know if I can. I know oh. I know the song. I believe that's the band America. I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that shows up in Friends whenever Joey goes yes, out west to do the in movie. Vegas, just in Vegas. Yeah. I, just, I was hoping you would know that. One. Just make a Friends reference, and then Fiddy will be able to understand it. Seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. Seinfeld's still better though. If you have a question for Willie P, please text into the Garage Door Guru text line. That uh, could get dangerous. All right. Well, well, first, I mean, I don't, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because, I mean, we have a lot of pressing issues. It's nothing against Charlotte FC, but if you'll read the first question that we have on this rundown it's quite alarming and i want to get to it but i'm actually going to lead with charlotte fc and really the question is Mm. what's happening right now at the start of the season that is not allowing them to win especially when we had such a good feeling at the start of last year right with Mm -hmm. them being an expansion team with Mm -hmm. them being this is their first season we all had better a better feeling than I think we expected, right? This year, it's the exact opposite. What's going on? So I, I did a deep dive on Sunday and Monday. I didn't see the light of day. I've been trying to figure it out and go through the metrics. Even Christian Latanzio came out and said, you know, hey, we actually are favorable on the metrics. But the the simple point, to boil it down to bare basics, they're not shooting the ball enough on frame, and they're not scoring enough. And all the problems boil down to that. They're not getting good enough link-up play in order to get shots on target. And the shots that they are getting on target are being either easily saved by the goalkeeper or going over the bar and out of frame. So it just comes down to the fact that they have not been clinical enough in order to score goals. And the defense, which we knew was a concern coming into the season, has not played up to the level that they did at any point last year when they were one of actually the spines of this team. That could be partially attributed to the fact that they've gone through injuries, they had a retirement, an unfortunate passing away, and in a long-term injury for one of their best defenders that has still not uh, healed itself from a rehab standpoint, and having to patchwork pieces in that back line has proved to be alarming. Yeah, and Willie P., I was going to ask you when you talk about uh, you know the untimely and unfortunate uh, death of Antoine Walks, do you think that that has had this team kind of emotionally drained to where maybe they're not ready to be this competitive, fiery team that we would want them to be? I know it. I mean, I I can't say 100% that's the reason, and I I know that that could be something that folks would look at and say is evident. I know that the first game against New England, there was a bit of lethargy, a a little bit of, I think, emotion coming off of the celebration of life and the moment of silence that took place. I think there were definite uh, notes of that in the second game against St. Louis because they took time out to remember Anton. And there was also a period of time where they actually came together 
both teams against Atlanta because those were the two MLS teams that Charlotte played. But it, it it has to be something where you've got to be emotionally strong, and that's something that Chris Latanzio spoke to. He says we have to be you know emotionally strong enough to be able to get past those emotions. And uh, one thing he keeps on saying is that they want to talk about Anton like he's in the present tense. And right now it's a situation where they can't be thinking about the fact that their player is no longer with them. The play just has to be better, and they know that. Are you getting a sense from the fans that they're starting to become a little bit impatient? We know there was a lot of goodwill last year with it being the first season and things of that nature. But now are fans expecting them to win, and are they severely disappointed with this bad start? Listen, I see a lot of the stuff the fans are saying right now, and I feel for them because I know that there are a lot of people who love this team as much as Jess and I do and as much as the people who are the principal people involved in the club do. Uh, it is a long season, which is the one thing I can say, and, and I know that that's not what fans want to hear right now, but there are 31 games left, and Charlotte FC started out 0-3 a year ago, and granted, the 0-3 of last year probably isn't equal to the 0-3 of this year in that we saw a progression through the first three games of last year as, I mean, Bobby don't have it. We haven't, we haven't seen that same progression this year, but given the current playoff format, they got the ninth place last year after that start. Ninth place gets you at least in a play-in round, and I, I think there is more talent on this team now than there was at this time a year ago. We have so many questions, and I want to please all of the listeners. Everybody wants to hear from Willie P. Can we go rapid fire? Are you down with the rapid fire type of segment? Let's make it happen. Okay. Quick question. Why haven't we seen Ben Bender this season? Totally separate subject than what we are talking about. We were talking about that earlier, right? But that's mm -hmm. what he wanted to know, anticipating your arrival into the studio. You know, Ben is somebody who I really loved his play at the beginning of last year offensively. They were able to get him in some spaces last year that really took advantage of his offensive firepower. The thing with Ben, though, is that when it came down to how physical this league was at times last year, he really broke down and didn't become as effective a player as I think he can be at his top-end talent. And I think that's something that's still a struggle point for manager Christian Latanzio and why he hasn't. I, I know that uh, that's something that I think might come up in his press conference this week. And, and I can ask Christian Latanzio that myself when we talk to him on Thursday because he is somebody who was a fan favorite. He scored very, very early on in his MLS career. Uh, he scored a goal to open up the scoring in Seattle, and uh, it was off a set piece. So he knows how to get in dangerous areas. It's just a matter of being able to be a part of the full package. That's one thing. And that he's not the only player that Christian Latanzio has cited that has offensive bona fides that he needs to see more without the ball in his foot. And also on the defensive side, Kerwin Vargas is another player in that vein who I think really showed himself in a couple of games this season offensively. But Christian Latanzio has said, you know, he wants to see the full package whenever you step out on the on that pitch. All right, rapid fire. We're going to mix in some fun ones here. P, can you play wide receiver for the Panthers? Can you catch a pass from C.J. Stroud? I cannot. I'm I'm not... I, I was a lineman for a reason. I have hands of stone, um, and I was not a good lineman at that. So Hey, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't be speaking like that on a lineman. I was a tight end, so I, I got You hands. can play a wide receiver? Yeah. Seriously? I mean, great. Let's go out there. How much money You'll are you demanding? See? Can you go vet men? Yeah. Okay, perfect. That worked that, for that's me. That's excellent. How uh, many, if, if it was... If it was out of 10 attempts on the jugs machine at the highest speed. Oh, good Lord. The highest speed. Now, that's a totally different ballgame. It that sounds like we have a rolling. video in our future. I mean, somebody with the jugs machine out there, please contact us, and we're going to make that yeah, thing Yeah, the highest level. That thing is 
Jokes machine is very unforgiving as I learned the hard way. I'll say this though. I am I feel like I have a lot of confidence in catching football. And I'm I standing to the these. side. I will not be standing. No, no, no. Right. You don't take that thing head on now. I mean, okay. I'm gonna figure it out. It's probably gonna hit me in the face. Unless couple, I had a helmet on. Um some people Much are different. People are wanting to hear your opinion on boneless wings. Apparently it got spicy this morning <laughs> on Mac and Bone. Uh you mean nuggets, right? Yeah, I do. Oh! I do. Yes, because there are no boneless wings. Yeah, I I completely agree. This is a, a this is an opinion that I am just as strong with you in. So yes, 100% chicken nuggets. If you like now, them, I'm fine. I'm not going to go so far as to say that you know saucy nuggets are for children only because I think they're actually very great in their own right. Just don't call them boneless wings. Do you agree, Wes? Are you with it? My thing is. If you take the bone out, how do they put it back together? To look <laughs> it's, 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 I call them boneless the wings. I mean, I do, but yeah. I can see the argument that people call them nuggets as well. It's because they are nuggets. There you go. 100%. <laughs> That's why. Um, and I uh, like my nuggets very saucy. It's fine. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, saucy nuggets. They're the best. Uh, 704 number said, Willie P., do you ever braise your brisket possibly or braise anything? I've not I've not gotten into the braising thing yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, bra- braising is very it's it's, it's very involved. I, I I can't I can't deal with the braising. It's a lot. I, we just got a Dutch oven, so maybe maybe I'll start braising at some point. Okay. But. Okay. It's not, you give us the uh, the update on that when it happens. All right. Just one more minute. Uh, Willie's dry brisket needs to be a flavor in the milkshake that we're going to force Fitty to eat. So I am insulting two people there. Mm. And the last one, the first question that I have on the rundown, as written by Fitty to help us prepare, you have a lot of background. I'm reading this verbatim. You have a lot of background info on many strip clubs around the world. How did this come to be? I this is the question you, that is on the mean? rundown. What do you mean? I, ask Fitty. This is the question that I, that was put into the category, and it's you have a lot of background info on many strip clubs around the world. Happen, I just happen to live in a lot of places that had prominent strip clubs like Houston and Atlanta. And the only reason I know Shotgun Willie's for Memphis is because it was all over the news because of John Moran. Mm-hmm. You're not buying it. <laughs> no. You think he's partaking? Oh yeah, in some Willie of the strip P was clubs. a connoisseur, especially in Houston, because everything's bigger down there. Well, well the, problem with, the problem with Houston is that the the coding down there, when it comes to the building codes, you could have a strip club next to a church, next to a school, next How to a restaurant. Because I live there. Because he knows where they are. <laughs> so do you know the building codes of Charlotte, no. Rock Hill? Because Dave Tepper needs to know how to build a, it's a, a it's facility. A very, it's a very prominent <laughs> thing that that. You know, three quarters of the world in Houston was covered by James Harden. The rest was strip clubs. It's fine. Uh, somebody wrote in with an American flag emoji. Are we going to talk football or uh, BS food? And BS food is your answer, at least for the latter half of that. And that is one. I Willie. think we talked both. We did. We did yeah, talk we both. Did. That is Willie P joining us inside the Planet Kia studio. We appreciate the voice of Charlotte FC joining us to talk about all of those topics, including strip clubs. Willie P, we appreciate it, man. Thank you guys for having earbuds. Um, you were just a sheltered, uncultured swine. I'll take that. We'll also get that tournament, the NCAA bracket, up on the wall with Willie P's name on it. It's Wesson Walker. One more hour to go. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.